and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we are once again joined by a special guest, Ilsa Wolf, and we are talking about the risks of extended lockdowns. What happens with these big, long lockdowns on your renovations projects? Because, of course, lockdowns do mean delays. If you're renovating a property, perhaps it means not having a tenant for a time. So what we're going to do in today's episode, talk about what Ilsa's been doing over the lockdown. And also remember, right at the start of this extended lockdown for us Aucklanders, you'd given us some ideas, Ilsa, about things that investors could do during over the lockdown period to get prepared for it ending. Now, I'm interested as well, at the end of the show, we'll talk about what you've actually been doing over lockdown. But let me ask you first, what are those financial risks we talked about? So if you're running a burst strategy, what are the financial risks of these extended lockdowns? What costs do they impose? This is such a pertinent question, Ed. I mean, I was reflecting for this episode thinking I've had four renovation projects impacted massively by the successive lockdowns since March 2020. That is a huge financial cost. You know, With that come a bunch of financial risks and other risks that I think it's really important that listeners who are looking to get into a borough strategy definitely consider because there are some serious issues from the delay that you need to account for and plan for. That's just part of the environment we're in now. So on my list for financial costs, the first one is interest costs or holding costs for that mortgage cover. Assuming you're on an interest-only loan, what I've done is had a quick look at what might be a typical or the median three-bedroom property in Glenview Hamilton, which is where I have had a couple of my properties impacted through renovation. So assuming you're buying a three-bedroom house that you're looking to cash flow hack, the median price for Glenview Hamilton, you know, a great location close to the key public transport, just off State Highway 3 coming into the city and close to the hospital and schools, 677000 is the median price for that three-bedroom home. Now, assuming that you are raising your 40% deposit for this existing build on your home and then buying 60% on the house, so 100% LVR effectively. So yeah, interest costs or the holding costs on that median property in Glenview Hamilton, the interest is $479 per week. Number two is the missed rent or that opportunity cost when you are in a delayed tenancy because of prolonged lockdown, missing out on that rent of around $650 a week. Number three of your financial costs, the lost productivity. You know, difficult to quantify, but if you were looking to spend around 40000 for a four-week renovation, give or take, you know, that's about $10,000 worth of the progress spent that you are having to delay per week. The other risk is also increased to material costs, which is moving at a real pace month by month. To give you an example, my Hamilton electrician has quantified that the cost of the materials for him have increased by 80% since January until now, and he is already receiving price increase notices from some of his suppliers that a number of items will increase by another 30% before Christmas. So the longer the delay goes on, the higher those material increases are that you are subject to, You know, notwithstanding the fact that we're already in a material labor shortage. So this is a very real financial cost. There are a couple of other, I guess, less financial risks, but risks are all the same to consider. These are really to do with the people. So as the buyer or the purchaser, if you are out of town, it makes managing the renovation far more difficult. You know, if you are in lockdown in the same location as the site, you might be able to get out to retail or get involved and push your renovation forward with some of the unskilled work there or call on friends if you can get one person per site and keep things moving. The other main issue that has really hit me is where I have a number of preferred suppliers who give me exceptional discounts and they are Auckland-based. I have had a new build, a minor dwelling in Hamilton, which was ready to have its kitchen delivered ex-Auckland 
on the 19th of August this year, and we're now three months down the track without that kitchen. So I have actually foregone $5,200 of lost rent because of that. So there are multiple risks to account for. We just need to plan for as the new norm going forward. So that's your financial cost and a number of costs regarding site and location and potential lockdown differences of level between those locations. And so, Elsa, how are you going to minimise these risks? Because obviously you can't control the lockdown. What can an investor do to kind of mitigate these risks of ongoing price increases? A couple of actions you can take to proactively plan and buffer yourself against some of the financial risks are it's normally standard practice now in any S&P agreement for there to be a COVID clause inserted there. Usually the agent has already included it, but you know if it's not there to protect yourself as a purchaser, you want to make sure you do have a settlement clause that is a COVID clause stipulating that if either the property being purchased or the purchaser location precludes the settlement from going ahead because you are unable to fulfill the pre-settlement duties, that is a clause that you may want to exercise to delay settlement so that you are not having to pay out for these holding costs. If you can move the timeline back, that is one thing that you could try to do to keep on top of it. Number two is planning both the scope and the material orders in advance with your licensed builder or project manager and the core team. So gone are the days of turning up on day one demo and working out the rough scope with the subbies and the core team. Now, a normal course of business is for myself and my clients, we either remotely by videoing in if we are in lockdown and not able to get to site, but we get all of the core team to site, we video in, we define the absolute renovation. It doesn't take that long, but by making sure all of the key trades are on site and on the same page and agreeing to the scope, they are able to make sure that their material supplies will be ready for day one. So there's no delay from that side of things. And with a renovation of this size, it's not so much an issue. You know, you hear a lot in the media about getting access to materials is very difficult. But when you're really adding a couple of partitions or a small relayout to a property, it's not a major concern as long as you plan ahead and your team is planning ahead. So that's crucial. Number three is you should be looking to add multiple contacts to each of the professions that you need. So what I mean by that is generally you'll have your lead builder, but you will also want to have a backup one or two electricians, plumbers, another jib stopper, painter, anyone who needs to be involved in your renovation, you want to have a backup just in case. Because when the lockdown ends, there will be a massive backlog of work. It comes back to also having a great relationship. You want to be on top of that wait list and make sure that your job is completed as as soon as possible. And number four is trying to turn your renovation model into as much of a turnkey process as possible. So what I mean by that is by the time you repeat your second, third, fourth renovation, templating the fittings that you buy reduces the input you have, but increases the output. So what I mean by that is if you know you're going to buy the same kitchen faucet, the same shower rail every time, you have a standard order, you place the order at the very beginning ahead of that renovation commencing, you order all of the parts, they're on site. So it means that you as the vendor are not the bottleneck and holding up any of those trades. So as soon as they get the opportunity to complete their job, they're in, the materials are on site and they can complete the job. And Elsa, I know that you've been buying properties. You told us about these units a couple of podcasts ago and you and me were stuck behind the Auckland border right now. So how are you supervising renovations in a Whangarei or a Hamilton, any of the other areas you're purchasing in? How do you supervise those renovations while you know we're behind the Auckland border? Well, the lockdown certainly hasn't held myself or clients back. So ignoring the block of units that I've bought, our clients have bought over $6 million worth of investment properties 
outside of Auckland. So that's Whangarei, Hamilton, and even New Plymouth, actually. So we have been able to complete our usual due diligence processes because of the strength of our local teams on the ground. As I mentioned on an earlier episode, we've had our local builder, our drafts person where required, our local property manager relationships, and a number of our key sub-trades if a building report has highlighted a particular issue to dig deeper into. They've all been to site to coordinate. We've completely scoped the value-add and verified what we want to achieve before our clients have gone ahead and purchased. So it is very difficult to do if you don't have the right people in place, but we have a pretty well-oiled team with the teams on the ground there. So Elsa, last time you were on the show, you actually said that you'd been out dropping letters, putting the prams and, and loading up letters and uh, <laughs> putting them all in, into things like I used to do when I was a warehouse brochure delivery boy. Have you had any luck out of that? This round, no. I haven't had any take up on the mail. I don't know if I've got too much competition out there because <laughs> we gave the advice out. But no, actually, interestingly, though, because of that disruption with lockdown, we did for a client, we, we did manage to do an off-market deal, but through an agent, which might that might sound really strange. But because of the disruption and I think the vendors for this particular site, the vendor was nervous about how successful the auction period would be and needing to wait three and a half weeks for that auction campaign amid lockdown. The agent who actually has already made a couple of successful sales with clients of mine actually approached me and we managed to get a client who was ready to buy through at the same time as the photographer on the premise that if we put together an appropriate offer, again, we listened to what that vendor's motivation was and because of their uncertainty for time, we were able to run due diligence super quickly stop the campaign completely by appealing to them looking to close a deal very quickly. So we offered a settlement period with two weeks, went immediately unconditional and closed that sale without going through any formal campaign whatsoever. So that was a great one. Great. And I guess it just goes to show you always got to be trying different things and, and, and also you've got to have your tentacles out there with the agents who hopefully bring you a deal before it hits the market because they're the best ones. Absolutely. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about how to invest in property, the Burr style, then make sure you check out Ilsa's Instagram because she shares a lot on there. That is at IlsaWolfNZ. Or I'll just link that in the show notes, actually. So tap or swipe over the cover art. There'll be a little link in there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most. Get the most.